Welcome to this special edition of the Strategy Driven Podcast, an interview with David Parmenter, author of Key Performance Indicators, Developing, Implementing, and Using Winning KPIs, Part 1 of 2. On behalf of the entire Strategy Driven team, I would like to welcome you to this special edition of the Strategy Driven Podcast, an interview with David Parmenter, author of Key Performance Indicators, Developing, Implementing, and Using Winning KPIs, Part 1 of 2. The Strategy Driven Podcast focuses on the tools and techniques executives and managers can use to improve their organization's alignment and accountability to ultimately achieve superior results. These podcasts elaborate on the best practice and warning flag articles found on the Strategy Driven website at www.strategydriven.com. In this special edition podcast, David Parmenter, shares with us his insights on creating a winning key performance indicator system that transforms these reports into decision-making tools supporting achievement of superior bottom line results. And so now, without any further delays, let's get started. We are privileged to be joined by David Parmenter, author of Key Performance Indicators, Developing, Implementing, and Using Winning KPIs. David is an internationally renowned speaker, author, and advisor known for his work in the development of performance measurement systems that transform these reports into a decision-making tool. He is a fellow of the Institute of Chartered Accountants in England and has delivered workshops to thousands of executives and managers around the world. David, welcome to the Strategy Driven Podcast. And welcome to all those who are listening um, sometime in the future to this uh, podcast and I'll hope to make it as practical as possible for you uh, in order to help you with implementing winning KPIs. Well, David, I am thrilled to have you on the show. I think I can say that I have literally been waiting years to have you as a guest because not only did I read the second edition of your book, which we'll talk about this evening, but I read the first edition of your book when it came out several years ago and have been using it in my work. Before we get into the interview, though, I did want to mention to our audience that you're working with your publisher, which is Wiley on three new books. The first is Leading Edge Manager's Guide to Success. The second is Winning CFOs. And the third is KPIs for not-for-profits and government. So you have an exciting time coming up, and I certainly hope we get to have you back on the show to talk about some of your future books as well. I'll certainly look forward to it. Well, David, to start out with, early in your book, you described in what you called a performance measurement system as containing key performance indicators, key results indicators, performance indicators, and results indicators. 
And as we talked about before we started recording the show, I know a lot of people, I myself included, confuse the nomenclature. But there's a very significant difference between each one of these four things. Would you briefly describe for our audience what each of these are and how they're related to one another? Look, certainly. Um, uh, thank you, uh, Nathan. The, I think we take a step back first um, to where the sort of discovery all started from. And it, it was on one fateful morning when I was uh, in the underground um, in London reading a paper that had been left, a pink financial times. And there was a sort of 600-word article on... Um, uh, Lord King and uh, the turning around of British Airways by focusing on one KPI. Mm-hmm. The article was incredibly profound, and uh, if you could be struck by a bolt of lightning, I certainly uh, was. And I have talked about this story ever since, and uh, for those people who are listening, you can sit in the book or listen to it on a, uh, a webcast uh, I've done, um, and you can find those on my website. Uh, I won't go into the story now, but what I will say is that I realized at that point in time that every single measure that I had been working with hadn't been a KPI. So then I had this horrible problem to work out, well, what were they? So in in summary, I've come up with two types of measures, and, and each of these types is broken into two. So let me explain to the listener. The first type is what I call a result indicator. These are indicators that summarize uh, activity that many teams are involved in. You can't pin a team. So a classic one would be customer satisfaction or, or, or return in capital employed. Those measures will never, ever be a KPI because they're too broad. You can't ring up Pat Crovers in the morning and say, Pat, I want you to increase return on capital employed today or I want you to increase customer satisfaction today, they'll, they'll, they'll think you've, you've, you've taken some pills or something. So, in other words, these are, are useful summary measures, but they're never going to change an organization. It will report where it's come from. Um, they're, they're typically historic. And, and so these result indicators, um, some are key to the business. In other words, they have really good summary ones, so I call those key result indicators. And an organization needs no more than 10 of them. And uh, I, I set out in page two uh, of the second edition the sorts of key result indicators such as net profit for tax, employee satisfaction, return on capital employed, customer satisfaction, and so forth. Underneath those, we'll have lots of result indicators that uh, are, are good summary, uh, a, a summary of um, activities, uh, and we'll look at them maybe in a shorter time frame. It could be sales made yesterday, uh, hospital bed utilization in a week, mm-hmm. um, sort of customer complaints. So that's a sort of, Nathan, the sort of uh, result indicators. Sure. Uh, and then we have this other batch of measures, which I, uh, uh, let's call them uh, performance indicators. Now, these ones are slightly different because, number one, uh, they will be non-financial, um, and we'll be measuring them um, daily, weekly, monthly. Some are more important than others, and that's where the K comes in, the K for key. And those performance indicators, those non-financial performance indicators uh, that are important, and these will be those that are measured 
daily or weekly. There will never be in an organization a KPI measured monthly or quarterly. It cannot be key to your business if you're looking at that measure so late. In other words, the horse is bolted. Damage has been done. It's too, you're reporting too late to change. Yes. Um, so uh, the, the, we now, therefore, have four measures. We have key result indicators, key summary, um, some other result indicators, which will be weekly, uh, daily, weekly, monthly. Um, again, not being able to be tied down to a particular team. It will be a collective effort. Um, uh, the, then we'll have performance indicators, which are now beginning to get much more focused on and tied down to a team. And then some of these performance indicators will be the really important ones uh, that actually do start transforming a company as you start focusing on. And in fact, the one that changed my life totally was the KPI that British Airways used, which was uh, late planes in the sky. And by monitoring late planes in the sky and inquiring to all those airport managers who had been responsible for creating a late plane in the sky, say over two hours late, Lord King was able to transform British Airways in 18 months from a laggard airline that nobody wanted to travel to a premium airline. Uh, one measure, everybody, just one measure. The power was is, is phenomenal. That's absolutely incredible. David, before we go on, I, I do want to mention to our audience, one of the just phenomenal aspects of your book is that you provide a whole host of examples of all four of these types of performance measures, not only throughout the book, but you provide a collection at the end. And I have found in my work just that collection alone is incredibly invaluable in helping people develop their performance measurement systems. Yes, it's the, the database, which is in mm -hmm. uh, the back of the book that starts at page 271, um, is a, a list of performance measures. I deliberately don't tell the, the reader what a measure is, whether it's a, a performance indicator or a result indicator, uh, or, or whether it's a KPI, because... It's up to the reader to ascertain, and it can differ in different organizations. So, but it is a very useful building block, and uh, as a matter of interest, Nathan, uh, uh, the people who have the book can get access to that electronically. There's a small um, uh, PayPal uh, price attached to it in, on my website, which they can go to if they want to save a bit of time rather than uh, sort of entering it all out. And I have actually put it into an access database as well to make it sort of a, a user-friendly um, system. Excellent. And, and we'll provide a link from our website to yours. So our listeners who are listening to the podcast right now, they just go to the article that accompanies the podcast, and they'll be mm. able to shoot right over to your website so that they can find that database and that link. Excellent. So that'll, that'll be great. Now, David, focusing for a moment on just key performance indicators – what makes these so much more special than the other three types of performance measures? The characteristics of a KPI um, uh, are seven. And in okay. fact, um, one of the most obvious ones, which uh, um, I only discovered about three years into this project, a uh, lifetime project, I should say, um, was when I was delivering a workshop and I was 
as I always do, um, talk about the British Airways uh, story and say, well, if we can understand Lake Plains in the Sky, KPI, you will understand what makes KPI tick. And one very smart young lady at the back of the room said, David, the example that you say is a non-financial example. And uh, as she spoke, this bolt of lightning struck me and at time stood still and my brain was racing and I responded and I said, you are quite right, there isn't a KPI on this planet that is uh, financial because at that moment in time I suddenly realized that when you put a dollar, yen, pound in front of a measure, you um, are merely quantifying an activity. It's the activity that drives the financial performance and therefore um, you need to know what that is and that's where you measure. And so one of the key characteristics of KPIs is, uh, number one, non-financial. And for many people listening, they'll find that somewhat challenging. Mm-hmm. But I put down the gauntlet to you all, and I say, you find one uh, financial KPI, and I will have to rewrite my book as a third edition, and I will honor you uh, with that rewrite. Um, but to date, over the last seven years since I've been saying that they're all non-financial, not one person in the world has been able to come up with one measure uh, that fits uh, the KPI characteristics but is financial. Uh, they're measured frequently. That's another characteristic, as I said before, but you know, daily, 24 by 7 or weekly. They're certainly acted upon by the CEO uh, mainly and the senior management team. Um, they allow the CEO to make a phone call directly to somebody at the workplace. They can pinpoint the exact person who is responsible for that team with that measure. Um, they clearly indicate what action is required. Um, so, for example, return on capital employed. Uh, pray tell me, listener, what, what would you do to improve return on capital employed? You know for a fact that it summarizes every single activity everybody's doing in the company over a period of time. In other words, you cannot, you don't know where to focus. So it can't be a KPI. A KPI is very, very precise. It's like a searchlight uh, going over the ocean to, to, to pick out the missing kayaker. You know, um, it's a very pinpoint of light. Yes. Um, ah. Um, our measures, they're measures that are t- tie responsibility down to a team. So once people start realizing that if they're going to get a phone call uh, from the CEO, and these phone calls uh, are not normally career-enhancing phone calls, um, uh, when they ask, what, you know, why is this up, why did this happen, uh, people realize we don't want these phone calls, we will sort this out before the phone call comes. Um, and they start then monitoring the very thing that CEO thinks is important. And therefore, we have this alignment between staff and the CEOs, all focusing, going in the same direction, um, uh, in other words, linking to strategy. And the other thing, other characteristic is that they, um, they encourage appropriate action. So we must always test um, our KPIs to ensure they do the right thing and I always talk about a a story uh, in Australia where they measured late trains but the um, uh, in in order to get the trains on time uh, for the Olympic Games uh, the only trouble is instead of of, um, they started to measure the wrong thing and they targeted the wrong people they targeted drivers so all drivers used to do is stop the train in the tunnels um, in order to trigger 
uh, the light at the station that they were coming to as green, and then they would pass through the station without stopping, opening or closing doors. That way they could catch up time. But of course, as you can imagine, the, the mayhem it created with the customer. Oh, certainly. So these are sort of the characteristics, and I urge everybody to look at page six and fully understand that because that, that, that piece of work there is, is part of probably one of my greatest legacies that I've, I've left to date. So I do hope it's of use to people. And that was one of my great learnings when I read your book was that KPIs are non-financial. Yeah. That, that was really powerful to me because I had not ever thought of that before. In fact, I was one of these guys, again, that went off on not the right direction and had often thought of financial measures as being KPIs. Mm. So th that, was, that was a wonderful part of the book for me. Now, David, should KPIs be predictive? And if so, is there a limit to how far in the future that they can reasonably reach or predict performance for? Taking a one step back before I answer is that uh, a lot of people, including Kaplan Norton, have talked about lead lag indicators. And this was their view of measuring in the past and looking in the future. To me, lead lag does not work because I spent years trying to work out whether measures were lead or lag. And I was totally confused. And I've sort of understood now, uh, and as I, my hair gets grayer, I suddenly realized, where management philosophy gets complex, and if you, uh, if you can't understand it, I, I now believe that it's a flawed because I believe that a person with an average intelligence should be able to understand management. It's not that complex. Mm -hmm. So let's take, uh, answer this question and say, well, certainly we have measures that measure the past well. Um, and certainly if that past is you know, very much the here and now, such as what's happened today or what happened yesterday, that measuring of the past uh, is something that I call a current period. And, and that's where our KPIs uh, are going to be measured. But we're also going to have very important measures that are future orientated. And what we're trying to do here is measure activity that hasn't yet occurred but is planned to occur. So, for example, uh, if a CEO was listening to this broadcast, I would say to that CEO, one of the key things that you need to have once a week is a list of your key customers. And by their, their names should be a date of the next sales call being made. Now, every week you look at this and you should find, with like clockwork or like night follows day, that, that, that the meeting that's going to be scheduled is not too far into the future. But one week, and I'll put money on the table, one week, I bet you that you'll find that there's a blank. And you know what that blank will be? It's going to be that the CEO will discover that the sales rep for that key customer has left. Nobody's picked up um, to get that customer because they're all pretty busy. And so that customer is going to go get shoddy treatment until um, that reallocation occurs. The CEO will hit the roof and say, well, who's going to manage this? And suddenly that gap will be completed. And in fact, it only has to happen once, and then all the, the top sales reps will be monitoring like a hawk to ensure that that's picked up all the time. Another thing could be uh, on that list in the second column is the date of the next social interaction with that key customer. Because as we all know, if we're not close to our key customers, somebody else will be getting close to them. 
when's the next baseball game we're taking them to? Or uh, the, the, the next um, uh, opera or whatever it is that we do to make sure the CEOs get together uh, and so that some of the key players of those two companies get together and enjoy each other's company in a, in, in a nice environment. Because that, as we all know, uh, creates that close strategic relationship that we want between us as a supplier and, uh, and them as our key customer. So those types of measures are monitoring uh, events that we want to happen on a regular basis and we're just checking um, that the, uh, the wheel is being greased enough uh, in this area. And there are many, many examples of this. A classic would be with lake planes in the sky. If you've got lake planes in the sky and there's a problem in New York, uh, at Kennedy Airport, what measures, uh, what implementations are being looked at or currently underway to fix the problems that are happening at Kennedy Airport? And, uh, and clearly if that team says there's nothing happening, well, the CEO would again go ballistic and say, you're generating four or five late planes a week and you're doing nothing to prevent it. I want some fences at the top of the cliff, please, and mm -hmm. so on. So in other words, how far forward? Um, as far as you like. I normally look at bands of time when I do performance measures. Um, in some times, it can be the next two weeks to four weeks. So I, I go, um, what are you doing in the next um, two weeks and uh, weeks three to four? Or it could be in months, um, such as Rich, Sir Richard Branson, uh, looking at the promotional activities that we've got planned for him. He no doubt monitors that very carefully. And he's probably looking at the promotional activities that have got planned in months one to two. And then there's a second band, uh, months three to four, and maybe in bands five to six, and then seven to 12. So he knows um, that something should be happening in all those time periods because these PR camp uh, events for him take a bit of time to, you know, set up and manage. Sure. And he wants, and he wants to see there's some constant activity bubbling along there to keep his profile high. Sure. Well, those are great examples. Now, David, in my work with executives and managers, I find that they often call all of their performance indicators KPIs, just generically. Is there a danger to that association that they're maybe confusing ordinary performance measures or result indicators with KPIs? And if so, is there something that our listeners can do to help break that cycle or that practice within their organization? Nathan, the most important thing for the listeners to do is to embed uh, the definition on, of KPIs that I've got in my book in the organization. Um, if they don't want to embed that, well, build one themselves. But uh, just take it from me that uh, thousands of hours have gone into uh, uh, the work to date and uh, um, I guess it would be a waste of their time, but uh, I would welcome any improvement if they can find it. Um, so I'd embed that definition in and just uh, sell, sell, sell. Point out to them that the mayhem that we currently have by calling everything a KPI. The, point out the very basic. How can this measure be key to us when, number one, we can't pin it down to a team? Number two, we've been looking at it for the last 10 years and it hasn't made us a dollar or changed anything. Um, many companies and organizations, profit or not-for-profit, government or councils, are looking at measures that do nothing. They're just a, 
uh, they're not changing behavior, um, uh, they're reported after the event, and it's just being done because it's what we did last month. Uh, and so these measures, uh, most of them should be just discarded. Um, some will, will remain. In other words, my argument is we should be measuring a lot less, but measuring what we need to measure more frequently. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this special edition of the Strategy Driven Podcast. I would like to personally thank David Parmenter for being with us today and sharing his insights on how to create a winning key performance indicator system. As always, we would appreciate receiving your feedback by email at podcast at strategydriven.com. If you enjoyed the show, please consider voting for us on Podcast Alley and visiting our website at www.strategydriven.com. You can find more information about David Parmenter and key performance indicators at www.davidparmenter.com. Until next time, so long.